Welcome to the party, pals. I'm Phil Gawthorne, action movie screenwriter. And I'm Liam Billingham, movie podcaster. And together we host Die Hard on a Blank, a podcast from Sugar23 that explores the influence of Die Hard on action cinema. In each episode, we'll talk about one major action movie that was released after Die Hard. Now, some of these movies take place on a bus. On a boat. Or even a roadhouse. Uh, sure. The point is, these are action movies that couldn't exist without Die Hard, and its DNA is everywhere. Die Hard on a Blank is a celebration of action movies and a deep dive into the ways that Die Hard shaped the action genre. So if you're a casual fan or an action movie Die Hard. Ooh, very nice. Then Die Hard on a Blank is for you. Yes, you personally. Our first two episodes, which are all about the original 1988 masterpiece Die Hard, drop December 21st, because Die Hard is a Christmas movie, wherever you get your podcasts. Phil, do the line. Now we have a podcast. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. I'm Liam Billingham. I'm George Fogopoulos. And this is... Oeuvre. Buster. How does our theme song go? <laughs> or is it... <laughs> you have a T-Rex? I do have a T-Rex. They're um, moving in herds. They do move in herds. <laughs> So, George, we're between seasons here. We are between seasons. We're between our John Cassavetti season, and which was season one, and our Philip Seymour Hoffman season. And we're, we're going to drop an episode. You can't see, but George and I are gesturing. Towards the gesticulating future. Gesticulating towards the future. Towards the future. The future is so bright. Gotta wear shades. Cuffs. Remember oh, that movie? Yeah, Christian yeah. Slater? Yeah. It's good. But um, we're... As a palate cleanser. As a palate cleanser, if, if, if one can call it that, we wanted to talk about a movie that we haven't... That we've been wanting to talk to, uh, talk to you, to you, Keith, about for a while, and that Thanks, film mate. is Wanda, directed oh, by. Oh, I fucking love Wanda. Wa- Keith, sorry, it's okay. Uh, Wanda, directed by Barb, directed and starring Barbara Loden. Yeah. Wanda, directed and starring Barbara Loden ni- from the magical year of nineteen seventy. Nineteen seventy, the same year as star wars john cassavetti's yeah. husbands yeah. so that's an interesting and also because uh this film was recently released by the criterion collection and um if you go to the criterion channel which you can get a free one month trial of right now i believe so yeah. um you can watch her interview with dick cavett she did a short and pretty awkward it is interview awkward. I texted with you. Dick cavett. did you also think it was awkward i thought it was pretty well yeah. There were moments of it that are awkward, but we'll talk about it maybe at the end after we're done Let's talking about it. Let's talk about it at the end. So, George, how would you summarize? Wait, can, can I just quickly say, please let Criterion listen to your closet so we can get some free Criterion, we want to go into the closet. Yeah, give us in the closet. Where would you go first? What do you mean? I mean, what would you pull down from the, the racks? What would be my shelves? first criterion? Yeah, grab? like, you, like you, you, you know you're going in and you well, can so grab, let's say, 10 things. But like, what's the first thing? I have like? pearls of the Czech New Wave box set already, <laughs> and I have the Yugoslav Black Wave box set already. Oh and there's God. not a lot of Bellatar that's it's on the It's the sound criterion. of everybody turning off their podcasts. <laughs> I, what? I like, I like Yugoslav cinema and, and Eastern uh, European cinema Liam, of the 60s and 70s. Liam, I'm a white man, George. It's so fucking plebeian of you. Of course that's what everybody would say. You know, actually, they do, you know what I would grab? They just released Jan Nemitz's Diamonds of the Night, okay. which I would want to get. And that is a? Czechoslovak New Wave film from okay. the 1960s. But, I mean, tell us a little bit more. I've actually never seen it, which oh, is okay. why I would want to grab oh. it. But um, I thought you were going to go really esoteric and be like Hollis Frampton. And actually, while this, while the, well, hopefully when this episode is released, Bam will still be doing its Vero Vero yeah, that's going on right now. Yeah. retrospective, and they're showing Daisies, which is a, a incredible movie. All of her movies are incredible. I do want to go check out some of that stuff. Just go see some yeah. of that stuff. Well, that's off topic. What would you grab? Uh, give me one film you'd grab. Well, definitely Armageddon. You're right. Yeah. Robocop. Uh, Robo- is it Robocop in the Criterion? Ro- Robocop's in the Criterion. Oh, I mean, that actually does deserve to be yeah, in the yeah, Criterion. Yeah, well, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Stop moving in your chair so I, much. I would... <laughs> I would grab... I think I'd do like a, a Fassbender like, sweep. Fucking God, he gives me a hard time with the Yugoslav black wave. <laughs> Fucking Fassbender. No, I would too. That'd be great. So a couple I would actually grab the uh, Igmar Bergman box yeah. set and the Kurosawa box set as well because I have to live up yeah. to my reputation <laughs> as a white man. Of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. So one thing, um, maybe a couple of just uh, preparatory comments about Wanda. I've been, like, I've been meaning to watch this film for years. Sure. Um, I think also obviously pairing it up with like the Cassavetes films in terms of kind of talking about 
uh, with the this time w- and the way well, films are made. The time, the way films are made. Um, the way she made her this film. The, the the gender politics, obviously, in this film, and how they juxtapose the gender politics in the Cassavetes films. Right. So it made kind of like an interesting transition. Also, Richard Brody called her the the female Cassavetes. Oh. Which which doesn't really fit. And I also think. is kind of like uh, dismissive. I mean, if there was ever clickbait in the cinephile world, yeah. calling someone the f- it's dis- it's very dismissive because it's defining Barbara Loden through John Cassavetes, totally. which like. She, although she only made one film, it's pretty singular vision as a filmmaker. Yeah. It's a really, it's a great film, I thought. It is a great film. Yeah. And I'm also really obsessed. A obs- great film. A great film. I'm also really obsessed with those artists who, who give us so, and obviously she was an actress, so that clearly is right. also a part of her art. I mean, her as a director and as a writer, uh, those artists who only make you know one or two or three masterpieces and then kind of fall silent that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> could you give us a quick summary of, of uh, wanda yeah so it's about a woman who's clearly um going through some shit right she's going through a divorce right and the short of it is she kind of like wanders around getting into trouble and eventually she runs into a big trouble oh uh, yeah b- big trouble she runs into like a petty uh thief N- named norman dennis named norman dennis and she basically just kind of uh, gets involved in his uh, petty theory, thievery, mm-hmm. and they tr- uh, try to um, rob, rob a, a bank, bank in the most kind of inept way possible. Um, I think it's interesting before we jump in, because I realized this during the bank robbery sequence, that this movie came three or four years after Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. Which is a crazy thing to think well, about. What was also the... mind-blowing about this film, and, yeah. and obviously we're recording this before after Lebowski, but it's coming out before Lebowski. Mm-hmm. But what this kind of shared with Lebowski is how subversive it is in terms of bringing all of these different kind of genres together. It's like a, it's like a film noir. Mm-hmm. It's a like, comedy. it's a screwball it, comedy. It's like a times. screwball comedy. Spoiler alert. We're doing an episode on the big Lebowski yeah. with featuring a, a very small role with Philip Seymour Hoffman, but that's how the draft went. But an integral integral part. Yeah, part. absolutely. No, it does. It's a bit of a genre hopper. Totally without question. And I, while I was watching, I was like, holy shit. I, I thought of Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm. I thought about breathless. Yeah. I thought about a lot of different stuff and I really liked this film. So did I, and I'm glad I saw it. Should we talk our way through it? We should talk our way through it. Let's go. So the film begins with these kind of shots of a rock quarry, and which kind of like sets also the kind of working class scene. Did you think about Woman Under the Influence? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I really did. That was the first thing I thought about. That and again, and I made this joke also in the Women Under the Influence, but also the Flintstones, of course. Meet Wanda. We don't know Wanda's. We know Wanda's last name. Yeah, Gorensky? Gorensky? Oh. We hear her once or twice. Oh, yeah. The name stuff was kind of Wanda! <laughs> which is pretty good. Keep, she also keeps calling. <laughs> she also keeps calling. Uh, yeah, and then she um, she throws out the uh, the, the saber tooth tiger. She goes, "You're <laughs> spending the night outside," and then the saber tooth tiger <laughs> jumps back inside and throws her out. Oh, a good Flintstones like, joke. And that's uh, yeah, that's some of the uh, screwball comedy they were talking about. Right, it's really funny. That um, doesn't happen. We open on a shot yeah. of a rock quarry, rock quarry construction going on, factories. We see a dog. I I wrote a note. Was you like, did. Ooh, there's a dog. Yeah. I'm gonna let you lead us through. Uh, and then we cut to um, an interior shot of the house. Right. Where Wanda is clearly crashing on a couch. She's asleep on a couch. Um, and it seems like it's her sister's house. I thought it was maybe her brother's house. But well, maybe it was her sister's. Yeah, it's never made clear. Yeah, so the, 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 the there's a baby screaming. Oh, that, that b- b- bums me out, bud. <laughs> that made me sad. You were like flashbacks of... 12 hours before of like oh man no i just my baby, yeah yeah well sure that but or just the idea just of like, babies uh, crying yeah but it was upsetting it's upsetting because like there's a real sense of poverty in those opening moments yes in the film and, totally you know and i don't and i don't like with a capital p it feels like a very specific play this movie is like has such strong sense of place right and location um, and she filmed it in Pennsylvania. She filmed it in Carbondale, Pennsylvania, Carbondale, and Scranton. Scranton. And you feel that every location in this film is real. And so to begin in a house that is like a very, very, like, totally, like, working class to poor coal miners, coal miner fa- is yeah. like, it's a lot um, as a way to start because this movie is really unadorned. It does not make a, it does not make a, it does not doesn't make, romanticize it. It does not. Ro- thank you. Yeah, all. it does not romanticize at all the life that these folks are living, which is to its credit is like makes it a better movie. Yeah, without question. Um, and the reason I think it's her sister is because when the guy leaves, when the, the husband oh, leaves, yeah. he kind of gives like the wife kind of a look. Right. And he walks past Wanda, who's sleeping on the couch. And she, she says wakes he up doesn't she, want me here. He doesn't want me here. Yeah. Which is kind of also with a, one of the, if not the first, but one of the first things obviously she says is that he doesn't want me here, which I think right. kind of like encapsulates the rest of her wanderings throughout the entire film. 
yeah, oh, that's shit. true. I just thought of it. Is that's that, really is, good. Is You're that, wicked smart. Is that why? She's called well, it's Wanda? interesting. The film is Wanda. Is the Wandering? full title? Did you know that the actual original title was Wanda the Wanderer? Oh, I did not. No, it's not true because I made that up. Fuck! Um, I fell for it. We then immediately cut. Look, speaking of naive. wandering, to this amazing <laughs> zoom in. Yes. Of a person in white who must be Wanda. It is Wanda, Walking yeah. through... These, like, fields of coal. Fields of coal. And she's wearing white. It's really, really incredible. It's a beautiful, beautiful shot. Yeah, and she's... Yeah, she totally stands out <laughs> in the back of this. Yeah. Um, Very smart. Really kind of... Yeah, again, almost, like, dystopic <sighs> looking. Drinking the coffee. Drink is the coffee it good? Still. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Thanks, it's great, George. Of course, yeah. It's, it's, it's the drug. It's the caffeine speaking. Um, it's this kind of dystopic... Uh, wasteland that actually just is kind of a, a modern day capitalism. Just, yeah, America. just America. Uh, and I think what's also interesting about the, and maybe I'm not being fair to the Cassavetes by saying this, but fuck it. Whoa. I'm going to say it anyway. I f- sorry, Keith. The class. Oh, mate, you don't want to go there. The class. Sorry, Keith. I think this joke was funnier when we didn't know who <laughs> Keith was. The class politics in this film are way more, I think, in your face. They feel that way to me than they than they did well, in Cassavetes, w- or at least the only Cassavetes films that I think did that was A Woman Under the Influence, that I think foregrounded it in quite the same way. I would ag- agree. Um, you know, I, uh, it's interesting to think about wh- as a filmmaker when you where you make films defines the kind of films that you make. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you live in New York and you make films here, a lot of people make films about, like, struggling artistic people in New York and, like, that can get a little exhausting to watch. Yeah. I met with someone recently who was like, if you're working on a script, we talked, don't don't write me a movie about New Yorkers. Right. Was, like that's a really fair fair point to yeah. make because it's it's a, we're a little inundated with it. But also, you know, John Cassavetes is a native New Yorker, moves to LA and eventually his films become about LA, but it's interesting to track maybe there's a middle class quality to Woman Under the Influence. And then after that we get Killing of a Chinese Bookie, which I think has some some thoughts about maybe not oh, being yeah, middle no, class, like, but but about like a workaday life and and the decisions people make. That movie, totally, is, yeah. But then you know, increasingly we get actresses in in like these amazing hotels and opening night and love streams. Where again, like one of my issues with the movie was the lack of clarity on like where does the money yeah. come from. It really bothers me about that movie because, as you said, woman of the influence is so self aware. Yeah. Cla- I mean, the the class is always there, or r- you know, race, gender, sexuality. Right. These things are always there. It's just how that they're either presented or avoided right. that I think is worth talking about. And also, right before we see her walking through these kind of like huge fields of coal, we get a right. quick shot of this random guy. We don't know who he is. He actually um, st- stops at the factory and says, like, hey, tell Steve I won't be coming to work. This is something I love about this movie. Sorry to jump yeah, no, on no, it. Yeah. Is that, um, and I don't think, you know, I'm as excited for anyone as Avengers Endgame. I love... Of course, I, just I, saw love ca- the- I just saw Captain Marvel, by the way. What'd you think? I was... It's okay. It's okay. I was really... I was like... I was like, these films are are starting to become like joyless, and I don't know if that's me or the films themselves. But I was I, like, I was like, this film didn't, it just didn't strike me as being joyful. And also, like, oh my god, like, why did why did they use that Nirvana song? Oh yeah, the music <laughs> is bad. I, I think that Brie Larson is well, great in the movie. She's great. I Samuel think she, Jackson's great in it. They're all really good. There's amazing cat acting. Uh, it's, an, it's a good. Ca- <laughs> yeah, I was a little underwhelmed by it. Anyway, to come back to it, those movies spend so much time being like hey do you know who this person is hey do you know who this person is and i know it's ridiculous to compare a marvel film in this movies but i think that like increasingly movies are working harder to make sure we understand everything and what was great about these films in this era is that they let you figure it out yes there's an ellipsis ellipsis, elliptical quality to the way the story works and i think that that's great anyway let's keep moving yeah no no without question and i think that you're right it's also really interesting that for example like I think a conte- uh, like a contemporary film would have would have started with like the courthouse scene. So mm-hmm. ba- so what happens is we see Wanda. Which is the next scene? Yeah, we see Wanda w- wandering. She meets this guy named I think Tom, and she asks him for money. That scene is amazing because like, that guy is not an actor, he's but not, he's there's all these encounters with yeah. randoms in the movie, and, and they're all great. And she says it too in the in the Cavett interview, where yeah. all of these, for the most part, almost everybody in the film um, is is a non actor, right? Um, and this gentleman clearly same thing. He's just picking up some coal. And she's like, oh, hey, what are you doing? Just picking up some coal. And he's like, yep. And he asks, she asks him for some money. Right. Uh, apparently, most likely to get on the bus, which she then does, to he get to her the courthouse. And in the courthouse, we learn that the her husband's, husband's already there. divorcing her. She yeah. sounds a little bit like a deadbeat parent. Yeah, which is fucking amazing, though. We haven't yeah, talked no, about the really two. Good. Her rejection 
of so she shows up societal late societal norms societal norms totally she shows up late mm-hmm. and obviously this doesn't look good for her in a court proceeding but she doesn't care she basically the judge yeah. basically says like so how do you feel about this and she's like oh he's a better parent than i am he should take the kids well, and the movie makes it clear like he basically says i do i do all the i have i do i work but i also do all the all child the raising and yeah. you know i i leave for the day and i come home and the kids haven't eaten and there there's diapers everywhere and whatever and like to the movie's credit, and I th- I think that it doesn't it doesn't judge anyone. Like it, you feel that this guy is not lying. You feel like he's telling the truth. You know what totally, I mean? Or he's yeah. telling the truth from his perspective. And the movie doesn't go out of its way to like make you. It doesn't work for anyone's empathy. It, it presents like a re- a, a reality to you that I think is really affecting. But did you read this scene as her just being so defeated, like that she truly loves her kids and wants to have her kids in her life? And so she just kind of says like, oh, I'm defeated. I'm kind of beaten up. I don't want to do this. Or did you read it as, let's say, her... Um, like, yeah, again, like rejecting societal norms. Because I, I read it as this... There's this moment where she has agency and she says, fuck it. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Um, I agree. I totally agree with you. I think it's 100% an agency thing. Mm-hmm. I think she – it's what she wants. Yeah, totally. Um, and it, when you th- – but the Barbara like, Logan right talks about this in the Cavett interview where she says, like, I made a movie about someone who doesn't know what she wants from her life, which in and of itself is an interesting statement, I think, to think about because, like, she's made some decisions that maybe she didn't want to make and a more sanctimonious movie would, like – struggle with the the really understandable idea that like you have kids you have fucking responsibility yeah. in the world and like that's true that's 100 percent true but it is a little daring for a film made in 1970 or ev- in 2018 yeah. for her to be like nah sorry i'm gonna go i'm yeah. gonna go i'm gonna go totally yeah, yeah, question yeah. uh it was just funny because i mentioned them i mentioned to my students like the stupid fucking like murphy brown controversy of uh the early 90s with dan quayle where he remember that mm-hmm. where he criticized the show because she was a single mom, <laughs> and yeah. to think about this film again, like twenty more years. Fuck before, Quail. Fuck Dan Quail. Twenty yeah. more years before this. Yeah. And to make this kind of uh, decision, it, it, it's all, have you ever read uh, Ibsen's Doll's, Doll's House? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I good. have an undergrad sorry. in theater. You sorry. son of a bitch. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. <laughs> sorry. Have you read Ibsen's A Dollhouse? Yeah. So there's this, this is a guy oh, hundreds of years before Ibsen. Uh, this guy named Shakespeare. Do you Shakespeare. Know? Can, can Shakespeare. Do you know this, fine. Do you know Shakespeare guy. You heard, he, you heard of this? You heard of the Shakespeare guy? He also up and coming. Up and coming. This going kid. places. That it's kid. Oi, Shout man, out to you? No Holds Barred cast. My, yeah. my favorite Shakespeare podcast. Uh, it's hilarious. Hosted by guys that I went to college with, who also also have are theater, theater degrees. degrees you George, fucking fuck, more fuck, what, fuck Yale. Fuck and yeah, fuck Yale. They don't have degrees from Yale. Am I yeah, right? Yeah. Wait, no. Yeah. Cuny. 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 Hey, hey, hey. You like apples? How about them apples? <gasps> that was Harvard, though. Yeah, I was. He got like into Harvard. They're all the they're all the Ivies, all the same. So basically, the uh, she yeah she then that's the last thing we see of her husband and of her kids. It's we cu- we cut to Wanda in, in this factory. Great shots of these women working. Oh, amazing! Yeah, and like behind sewing machines. And I think all this is real. These Ru- are real places. Totally. And, and, like the, there yeah. was like she had a crew of three people on this movie. Yeah. It's so goddamn inspiring. She had a crew of three people. I imagine it was the camera person, it was the sound person, and like her. And then maybe one other person, mm-hmm. um, which would be four. So who knows? I can't count. I, I'm really but, bad too. Uh, so everything else has to just be real people. And she's clearly going into these places and being like, hi, can we do this quick thing? Without question. And yeah. it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It's Sh- so good. Shades also of the phantom thread with all these women working yeah. on textiles and like making dresses or uh, whatever it is that they're making. Uh, and they're they, making, yeah, they're making clothes. They're making clothes. Yeah. I don't think it's dresses. It's I don't think it's quite like yeah. high society the way it's that phantom thread no is. No slacks. Which cuts to the scene later. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, she walks into her boss's she office. Asks she, she asks sort for a job. She asks for a job. Sort of like a part-time job. She seems to work when they need it. Yeah, and he basically says like, "You're too slow." Sorry. Yeah, there's no work here. You're too slow. And she also asks for like back pay. She's like, "Oh, I don't think I got all my pay." And she doesn't like, understand taxes. And she's like, "No, you got, you got, you got paid." Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, like that sucks." <laughs> well, this is also, I think, another interesting moment where it's a. a Clearly, could be read as a commentary of how uh, devalued women's work is as well. Mm-hmm. In the sense of it, she's like, "Is that all I fucking get?" Next stop is a bar after the factory. After the factory, she has a drink. She has a drink. This guy offers to pay for it, and an amazing cut to her in bed. Cuts at her in bed. Yeah, it's terrible. And he tries to run out on her. And he's yeah, he's like sneaking around trying to get her clothes. His clothes. She wakes up, which is I think another fucking like amazing 
So we see her twice. We have these very quick cuts. Yeah. Obviously, you don't you don't see anything. You don't see any lovemaking or sex. <laughs> but there are these. It's I I guess what I'm trying to say is that it's Frank kind of representation of of sex and sexuality right. in that kind of sense is also uh, powerful and interesting for the time. No, it is really. Yeah. And, and the fact that there's like casual nudity and it's. It's not like it's not a big fucking deal. No, it's not yeah. a big deal. So, so, so then they get in the car. They get in the car. And he drops her off at a Dairy Queen <laughs> and, and drives queen, away. Yeah. And it's I wrote down saddest DQ experience ever because <laughs> she's just standing there eating a cone of Dairy Queen yeah. that interestingly we never see her pay for. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just given to her like it's just given to her. And then I mean maybe she does pay. I don't know, but she's got like a couple dollars at this yeah. point in the movie. Um, and then we go to the mall, and this is when I kind of well, actually know she's walking through. First she goes to the movies. No, she goes to the mall first. You're right, you're right. She goes to, she the, goes mall. to the mall. And this is interesting because I feel like all of a sudden... This is also the mall, by the way, that they filmed fucking... Um, Jackie Brown in? No, Jackie Brown. Or, uh, like an amazing movie. Um, uh, fucking... Uh, Night, the Night of the Dead sequel. Oh, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Day of the Dead. I've never seen Day it. Day of the Dead. So I don't know. Day of the Dead? I've Dawn never of seen the Dead. any of those movies. They didn't film that here. Okay, so you're just being an asshole? I'm just being an asshole. So but she goes to the mall. Shades of that, though, am I right? Shades of that. Sure. You go to the mall, <laughs> and you know... Uh, one thing that's interesting is I feel like this movie spends a lot of time, like, in spaces of capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a factory, a yeah. mall. Yeah, no, totally. And it, the movie does a really nice job of, like... One of the things that I find interesting about the movie is how, like, at, in the scene at home, there's all this Coke. Later on, they're in the hotel, and you see a Skippy jar. Yeah. Like, it just seems to be that, like, the sort of the, the set deck and the way that the movie is built is that she's very doing a very good job of like again creating a sense of place and location yes, and like yeah. well I don't I don't think the movie is necessarily like I think it's it's critiquing life in a way that's a lot less over the top than say Correct. Another, other films of this of this genre but like it's it's really subtle how she bakes and like she's just walking around a mall looking at these dresses and like well, clearly, like desiring them, right? Like, clearly realizing, like, that she's not dressed in the same way that these mannequins are right. kind of dressed, and like uh, understanding that the dresses represent a certain kind of um, class dynamic, gender dynamic, right? Which again is interesting to parallel it with the scene later. But you don't, you don't. When she meets you, up with the ro- the bank robber, and she is able to buy. Like, and I dress. think also you don't feel a, like a lesser film would implicate her in these decisions, totally. where it's like what's nice about the film is that it's kind of about how everyone here is a victim of like larger circumstances yeah that are a little bit out of their control so there's a question yeah you know it's like a little bit of a it's a little bit of a larger societal thing than it is just like look at this individual being a cog in the machine like that's boring it's not interesting and it it lacks for like nuance i think yeah no totally and i think also because she does such a great job of giving a like a grounded performance it's so nuanced um because at times yes like she's kind of naive at times she's um b- b- let's say you might want to judge her for the fact that she just kind of like totally bandages her kids but she's sympathetic throughout yeah she has a very sympathetic yeah. way of being and it's 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 all written in her facial expressions yeah and stuff without like that. question and, and i think the way in which again you like see her desire these dresses yeah. says a lot so, so next we're in we a movie to, theater yeah she walks down a street and it's all men there's it's no there's no women in the shot it's all, it's all men, men except yeah. for one little girl right at the very end which i thought was interesting yeah and then we end up in a movie theater in a movie theater she's catching this film a spanish language film yeah i was is, curious what it was and a musical no less yeah but i don't know if it was i mean it just also the the, the graininess of the i guess the transfer the film yeah. is really grainy even though obviously it it's looks amazing it has grainy. been kind of yeah oh i'm uh, sorry it doesn't live up to your digital standards george i was like i'm sorry it was made in 1970 where's the fucking high def oh. where, where is, why isn't this 4k bro yeah what's going on what's, if bellatar can do it why yeah. can't barbara loden can we get george lucas to like uh Georgie. spice it up put the other some, george yeah. i like to call him <laughs> the other george put in some aliens in the background yeah. give us a wanda special edition what if Wanda goes to most Eisley Spaceport. That's what I'm saying. Amazing. That's what the film needs to be. So after the movie theater, she falls asleep in the movie theater and she loses and she her gets wallet. Ro- well, she gets, I thought the idea was she gets robbed. Yeah, well, she gets. She loses yeah. it, so she gets robbed. She gets Someone robbed. steals it, right. but it is lost. It's the same. Correct. Well, let's, let's not get into it. Let's not get into it. So she goes to a bar and she... Go ahead. Oh, no, I just want to say about the, the, the kind of the graininess and kind of the... Uh, it does. It does. Watching the this scene of her in the theater is kind of beautiful because it's 
you you see the film screen. On film. Yeah, it's film on film, but you see like this this the screen. And it just like looks like this floating face, and yeah, you can kind of see her silhouette. Anyway, I just thought it was like beautifully composed. And she's one and of shot. the only people in the movie theater. She's one of the only people in the movie theater. So after she loses her or her wallet is stolen, mm-hmm. she goes to a bar and she washes her face and she just like kind of stands with her head in the sink. And yeah. Like, you know, in a classical s- screenwriting sense, this is like a real low point for this character. Mirror is shattered. Her crack also, in the sh- mirror is shattered, but also the bar, the guy who lets her into the bar seems very agitated. Yes. And we don't know why. And she goes back to the bar and she's like, can I have a drink, a beer? <laughs> and then there's this amazing reveal that there's yeah. a guy on the floor with like a gag in his mouth. Yeah. And it's the bartender. And you realize without anyone saying anything, this motherfucker is robbing this bank. Totally. And it's such a hilarious it, it, the cut, and yeah. great reveal. Like, again, a great moment. It's like Barbara Loden should have been able to make more movies. She should have, Because yeah. she was a really, really good filmmaker. It's like such a well-done thing. This guy bores her a beer. Played by like Michael Higgins. Michael Higgins, who's an amazing actor. Yeah. Uh, a beer, and she's just eating stale chips. And she's like... <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's a TV on and she's just sitting there. It's so great. She's so clueless. Yeah, she's kind of clueless about it, obviously. And he's kind of like nervously looking out the window. Yeah. Um, because obviously he just robbed this place. And then they he's um, probably walked away with forty bucks. It's so depressing. Yeah, it's so depressing. And he actually also does there's only one scene later on. He's a complete piece of shit, but there is one scene later on where he meets up with his dad. Uh, my coffee cup needs making noise. That's kind of um. That's I the, feel for him a little. Well, and that scene again, especially. He's caught up in circum. He's caught up in some. You feel for I him mean, a little bit, but he's still an awful human. He's baby. an abuser and a piece yeah. of shit. But this movie lets you make your own decisions. It's not about didn't, how you feel which about which is exactly what yeah fucking like shadows and yeah with like Chinese almost bookie. all the Cassavetes films. Yeah, yeah, except for that one where he points at the camera and goes, "Capitalism is bad. It's bad, people. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Also, taxes are bad. Taxes are bad. Here we go. So is the deep. I'm just saying. I'm just saying they just have some good ideas that's all i'm trying to say i'm just saying if you listen to the other side the other side have you listened to this podcast (laughs) info wars we're all lizards man. oh god that 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 world is so love that guy dark it's fucking terrifying so then we cut to to a diner diner. and this scene is also named norman dennis brings her to a diner this scene is also fucking hilarious she eats pasta like charlie chaplin it's amazing (laughs) and he's obviously kind of like nervous and like agitated looking around and she's like just pounding this fucking pasta and she's like are you gonna eat that bread as a guy that's put on a juice cleanse yes uh Pasta, beer, and cigarettes. Greatest meal of all time. Ooh, I'm not. I, I prefer wine. Sure, sure, sure. I'm, I'm a bougie white dude living in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You're not really a beer drinker. Well, actually, maybe maybe I'm I'm, count, I'm going against the the the, the trends because mm. all of the, all of these like people with like their micro brews and like yeah, oh, yeah. no, only, that's cool. I only drink like beers that are like. Done in down, small they're batches. They're down the street from my apartment. Yeah, exactly. Double IPAs, and I and I want my mouth to taste like hate. I I only drink, <laughs> I only drink. I only drink beers that are brewed within a five block radius of my apartment. My apartment. Mm, Would yes. you like some of my uh, my honey? I grew it myself on my rooftop with my bees. Oh my god! Although but the bees are dying, we need to save it's them. Not great. Seriously, yeah. Beer, cigarettes, pasta. Like the idea that she has, like I was like, oh, that she's, she's smoking yeah, yeah. a cigarette. Like, yeah. Just, like again, it's one of she's these. She's doing inter- it. The movie does this interesting thing. It sets you up in this. She's in such a desperate state mm-hmm. that, like, hell yeah, I'm gonna smoke cigarettes. Uh, eat up two bowls of pasta and drink like <laughs> yeah. four beers. That's what I would do. Yeah. I mean, I would do that anyways and I'm not hurting for I, money. I would definitely, point. that's me. I would definitely take the bread and scoop up all oh, that. Oh, hell like, yeah. From somebody sauce. else's uh, dish. And then we have another scene where we quickly cut and mm-hmm. she's in bed with this guy. Yep. Clearly they've slept together. Um, she asks him about his wedding ring, which is also another re- really interesting moment where they're kind of juxtaposed, where they're both mm. clearly married. Yeah. Um, and obviously, for whatever reasons, they've left their significant others. Yeah, they're like loners. Yeah, and he tells and, her to and go wanderers. And at this point, he seems agitated, so he tells her to go He's get some. Always agitated. He tells her to go get shit. some food. Burgers. Three hamburgers. Three burgers with none of the crap on them, so no yeah. onions. Who doesn't have onions on a burger? I love onions on a good veggie burger. Of course. Yeah, of course. But, yes. but regardless, no matter whether you eat a veggie burger, a chicken burger, a turkey burger, an ostrich burger, you gotta have onions on that burger. go on onions onions no no like a camel burger camel bur- are there camel burgers? kangaroo burger I, I, i've had i've eaten camel before have you i've eaten horse in australia <laughs> that's all we got that's cool so then she um is yeah told to go out and get also a newspaper because he wants to find out if news of his robbery is um right in the news she brings back hamburgers there's stuff on them he gets pissed at her. he hits her and he hits her it's awful yeah and also again the subtlety obviously there's nothing subtle about a man hitting a woman but the the fact that 
the scene goes on for a couple of like minutes and she yeah. she's like holding her cheek and at some point after like these are long scenes yeah she says something like oh like my my you know, face still hurts mm-hmm. um yeah it, it just it's like so well done and it feels right. so visceral and real um it's great it's great do we go to a church next yeah, well we cut yeah well we cut with the church bells yeah where it's like right across the street apparently and he's looking at the church sort of like like with i don't know he seems guilty about something he seems guilty about something and we go to a church later right but that's the different yeah this yeah is a different we thing. should also say by the way that when wanda goes out to get the hamburgers he looks out the window and apparently she talks to some guy for yeah. a, a brief couple, a couple and, of and seconds he's bothered by it and he's bothered by it because again he's a possessive terrible Mofo. fucking uh human being right um we then cut to them in the street he and he's st- trying to steal a car. Steal a car. And he finally he finds an open door. Not much of a thief. He and he just su- looks for an open he's door. He's successful. Well, th- does he? It's weird. Does he like um, hotwire it or something? It's hard he to hot tell. He hotwires it, but then the keys are the keys, the keys are above. Are She's there. like, "Don't you need these?" Yeah. And he's like, "Shut up." This is where Terminator Two steals that scene, right? Where uh, probably, probably, for sure, of course. For sure. Uh, and they're driving around. Right. And she's reading the news story. Yeah. He, I found this moment very convoluted that she reads the news story and she now understands that he's a robber. And he's kind of excited by it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Why, then the shots on the car are totally amazing. Because she's looking back wistfully. Yeah. And yeah, kind yeah. Of obviously from where they're driving away. And it's like, yeah, clearly this kind of sense of. But just the idea that like, she's like, oh before. my God, I'm reading a newspaper article basically about myself or yeah. whatever. It's kind of just like. It's not bad. I mean, the movie convoluted. You just meant in the sense like, how does she now realize? It just it feels like a. It feels like one of the few screenplay moments in the whole movie. Because uh, this is a movie ex- that it begins as like kind of a neo-realist thing, a little yeah, bit it has yeah. this quality or documentary or whatever, whatever you want to use to imply that it feels real, which yeah. like you know is a is a loaded term, but is important. And then about you know forty minutes into the film, all of a sudden we're in a crime drama that we were not in before. Mm-hmm. And what's great about the movie is that it's a crime drama that seems born out of circumstance a little bit. Like this is just the place people are in their lives. Yeah. And that's really interesting as opposed to Bonnie and Clyde, which is like a bit of a romantic representation until the end of that stuff. Yeah. But all of a sudden to have her read an article and realize what's going on feels like a hair convoluted. Yeah. But whatever. And I'm glad you mentioned Bonnie and Clyde because this is definitely like the anti Bonnie and Clyde because there's nothing sexy nothing about sexy. what's <laughs> unfolding before our eyes. So all of a sudden we're now at a weird spot, hideout? a hideout with yeah. an older man who uh, he, there's booze and gun on the table. It's very American. Yeah, totally. And he's uh, Norman Dennis, the the our 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 gentleman, gentleman. Gentleman seems to be um, it's like a former associate. Or yeah, something. he seems to be wanting this guy to drive in a bank robbery yeah. for him. I think, and the guy's like, "No, I have a kid now. I'm not going to do, do it." it yeah. And to his and Norma Dennis like finish doesn't even finish his drink, just gets up and leaves. And, and Wanda's yeah. laying on the background there. Yeah, and, and that's another thing too. At this point, also, it's definitely become like a road trip movie as well. Yeah, it's a bit of a road road <laughs> yeah. movie around Pennsylvania, I guess. Uh, they stop for liquor. He clearly robs he this place as well. He's got he has a bad headache. <laughs> oh yeah, and he starts it's kind a of really like, bad headache. Yeah. This guy needs to hydrate. He, he does. <laughs> he's got headaches, <laughs> he but he, all he's drinking hydrate. is fucking Jack Daniels. Yeah. Did people know in the 1970s that they needed to hydrate? Probably. Like I feel like this is not a two two thousand eight discovery. Yeah, yeah. Guys, you should be hydrating. Well, no, maybe <gasps> like, more like 1980s. So, so then we cut to sorry, but there's a really interesting scene here where, um. She says, uh, there's a bit where uh, they're talking, and she says something like, I guess I'm dead. Oh, and I thought yeah, that was really yeah, interesting because yeah. it made me think about the bathroom scene in Husbands when they're they're talking about their bodies decomposing, yeah. but because she has nothing, she's dead. Right. Like, that yes. film is all about this anxiety of yeah. like, what's happening to my body? I thought that later. Sorry, when they buy this stuff too and they're trying on their clothes and he it's says- It's a little bit earlier. Okay. And he says something like, if you don't have anything, you're, you're, you're dead. You're nothing. Yeah. And like, so this idea of like being dispossessed is really interesting. Without and question. Like, like, as a, like as opposed to like- the sort of male anxiety of like yeah, my body's falling apart because I'm abusing it. Yeah. She's like, well, I, I don't have a, I don't have a job. I don't have a husband. I don't have kids anymore. Like I'm meaningless. Like, but I also, an idea. yeah, I also thought it was, a, I, and again, I could be misremembering, but I thought it was in a discussion of like literally ownership over things, which I, I, I also took to be kind of a, again, a critique of capitalism, kind of the yeah. sense like if you don't have things, if you don't own shit. I think it's both, right? You, yeah. I think it's no, because right. I think that like I when agree. you talk about that idea, I think it's simple to say it's just not simple, you fucking simpleton. <laughs> but I think it's more complex to think of like those things as a natural extension of my my family, my life, my job as like parts of a whole in terms of like they're totally. defined by like the way we have to have things in order yeah. for them to to play out. And it's just interesting because 
there's like a, a way that you think about her as a character in terms of her again it's like her relationship to her she's a wanderer she doesn't have stuff yeah. and like does that make her quote unquote dead it's yeah very interesting then they go shopping. Well right, well, right before that, there's also this really, like, you know, almost kind of playful scene where they stop at another, like, rock quarry, and there are these kids playing with this remote control plane. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, running around and, like, yelling at the kids and yelling at the plane. She's yeah. kind of lying on the hood of the car, and it's beautifully shot. It's, yeah, and it's kind of a, he's kind of it's nice to bucolic. her in this scene. Yeah. And this is when they talk about But he also, he's also, dead. like, uh, messing around with her hair, and he's like, you should wear a hat. And yeah, he's like, he like You should do something with your hair. Yeah. And he's around. So even when he's being... To some degree, tender. He's also obviously being a fucking a being judgmental prick. And then, yes, shopping. Shopping. He's walking around the parking lot. He wants he, to. He steal steals some shit from a car. Um, Wanda is. She, we don't see her shopping, but we see her come out with new clothes. Um, they're in a wool, wool, world, world, like a big supermarket. I can never say it. Woolworths. Interesting that this Woolworths. is the first time there's a scene where she goes into like a short store or a shop, but we stay with Den Norman Dennis as opposed to going in with her. Yeah, yeah. And then she comes out and she's wearing she's wearing slacks, right. and uh, he's like, "I told you to get a dress," and she's, she's like, like oh, "There's one in the bag." I also decided to buy this stuff too. And then we go down the road, and you see <laughs> he fucking throws her slack. He she changes clearly. We don't see her change, but she and changes he throws in the car. The, the slacks out the window. And he says, "No slacks." So what's going on here? Is he trying to turn her into his like totally yeah. new partner, or like? Well, I, mean, I mean, it's possessive, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think that's totally what it is. It's that this kind of um, him trying to impose a traditional kind of idea of femininity on her, or uh, he yeah, and he's just kind of trying to drive the. Yeah. He wants to be in charge. He, he can't wa- not be. He wants to be in charge. Right. It, it's the vertigo moment of, of the movie. Ooh. And uh, then he says, no questions. No questions. He wants her to be wearing a dress. Well, they, they talk about spouses. And this is where they pull over, right? Or they, when they yeah, pull- no, they're pulling out and they're kind of going through the things they bought, whatever. Yeah. And, and he asks about her husband and her kids because he saw the pictures right. of them in the wallet. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird moment because, you know, I feel as though throughout this, she he kind of she endears herself mm-hmm. to him just by like the way she is. And like, it's worth noting Barbara Loden is like a pretty blonde woman. She is. Yeah. Um, totally. And it's like, I think it, it does something interesting for the film because she's sort of like, she's a little bit lost. Uh, the character of Wanda is a little bit lost in the film mm-hmm. by the end. She's really gone through some stuff, but I think that you can make assumptions about or assumptions about her are made mm-hmm. because she's blonde and pretty. Yeah. And, She's much more interesting than that, obviously, and it's an unfair yeah, kind of generalization yeah. to make. But she endears herself, and I think that he's asking about the family and kids because he kind of wants that stuff to disappear. Ah, okay, yeah, like a blank slate yep. kind of thing. So, do you think he really is into her though, in that kind of sense that he wants like to remake her as? I think his, it has the movie gives like the movie wife? a little more dimension. Uh huh. Makes him a more interesting character a little bit. If you think about, I I don't know. There's a lot more to that. There's a lot of quiet to that performance that he gives that I think yeah. implies that. I mean, and it's I think as an actor, it's a more interesting choice to want to like kind of own or or control someone, but also feel deeply for them. And yeah, I think it comes through in the performance. And then there's this great scene where they're driving away again in the yep. car, and he grabs her thigh. Well, she says like, "Where are we going?" And he says, yeah. "No more questions from you." And then grabs her legs. Legs. It's, it's very yeah. creepy. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it. But also when you juxtapose it with kind of the lack of slacks. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to think about it as an image of like, yeah, not only just control, but also this creepiness um this yeah possession, possession of her body without question yeah um and then we go to all the city we're all of a sudden we're in a bank and bank. there's we can this scene is interesting because you just watch him watching a bank manager yeah but you don't nothing else happens does he make a deposit i thought he, 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 he makes does a something. deposit but it seems to be a very sort of like as a cover perfunctory to, yeah. it's unclear to us why he's i mean we can imply we can understand but like he seems fixated on this one bank manager yeah. which we'll come to in a little bit and then we go to this totally crazy part of the movie. They go to back. They go to a Cut church. To this church. It's really weird church. Really that has weird. to be a real place in because the middle of Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's like I wrote down a Christ amusement park. Yes, that's what, it's fucking a Christ amusement park exactly. Because while um, Dennis is talking to, to an older man who we understand to be his father, his father, she's taking a tour of catacombs. Of catacombs. But they're like fake. They probably are like they're fake catacombs. Oh no, no, totally. Yeah. In the sense that like they're probably mirror met like based on like an american perception of what like a of catac- course like a catacomb what's where does the last crusade take place uh well at the end the catacomb part that's oh uh, oh uh shit no um, it's venice isn't venice, it? venice right yeah, yeah, so yeah. clearly like someone went to venice and was like we can make some money yeah. off this if we like model it in pennsylvania like kind of middle america right. 
kitsch. Yeah. The grossest kind of these people, like made me a little mad. These people scene. didn't even visit the catacombs in uh, in Wildwood, New Jersey, which are famous for all the dead martyrs, as we all know, that are buried in the catacombs over there. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> I was really. Hey, fuck you, Jersey! I'm right? Dumb. You ain't gone. No, come on, you ain't gone. Jersey's, Jersey's our neighbor to the hey, whatever hey, direction Jersey's in. Hey, hey, hey! Fuck you! <laughs> I love you. So she takes this tour, and then um, I thought this moment was specific because this place has to really exist. Yeah. Uh, wait. Sorry. The, um, the 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 Christ amusement. Park oh, the Christ amusement really park. has yeah, to yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah. And um, there is this interesting discussion about like martyrs and saints. Yep. Which is and and the, clearly, there's a tour going on in these catacombs, and that's clearly a real person, mm-hmm. and she's just Barbara Loden is just taking the tour in yeah. character. It's a ama- It's a great. There's not enough of these in movies anymore. Where like it seems like Christ she was like, oh, parts? we got to do this. This is like no, like oh, well, taking like, this in verisimilitude, the... like this yeah, real yeah, yeah, place, yeah. and make it part of the film. And while this is happening, Dennis is talking. Norman Dennis is talking to his dad. To his dad, and this is one of the, for me, like one of the only scenes of him where you like kind of feel for the guy. Yeah, he hasn't seen his dad in a while. He tries to give him money, and the dad's, his dad's like, like, "Do you have a job?" Yeah, because clearly, also the dad knows that he's it's probably gotten by um ill-gotten means. Right. And he says, "I don't want your he, money." Yeah, he's like, "I don't want your money" or something. And he says, "Like you, you haven't been good." Something yeah, he says, lines. "You haven't been good." And he says, dad, I'll be bad back in a week, which is definitely not true. And it's really sad because the dad is like, there's not a lot of dialogue exchange, but you get a real sense of history between these two guys. And again, huge credit to this movie that it can do so much with so little. Totally. Because it's exceptionally well executed and edited. Yeah. I mean, it's a really effective part of the film. It's also interesting, too, because the dad clearly has some kind of accent. So there's clearly like, um, I mean, obviously you could read it as kind of... um, a commentary on like the immigrant experience in America. We didn't really know where this guy's it's roots unclear, are, but he has or what his ethnicity accent. is. Yeah. So we quickly cut back to a hotel. Yeah. And he's working. Because this the is bomb. where we're like, is he making a bomb? <laughs> and he was right, making right, a right, bomb. Right, 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 right. And also like, oh, Wanda's pregnant. No, she's not. Because right. I for a second I was like, did like four or five months pass? Yeah, she comes inside and she and she's ha- making a bomb. He's so making a bomb. It's unclear. I, I didn't realize that's what he was doing until yeah. later. But yeah, of course. She she has a pillow under her uh, right. shirt, which is also kind of funny because she's so clearly they're planning this this bank heist, right? Um. And yeah, and then she t- and I was like, I first so is she doing that to make it look like they're like an up respectable couple I think or something so. like that? Yeah, of course, something along those lines. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think also like if she is going to play the role of his like accomplice, right? Like, I think having her play the role of like a pregnant woman makes her um, totally an easier kind of a, a more invisible. Let's her more sympathetic to kind that's of that's like interesting. Do whatever the fuck it is that he he wants her to do. She comes over and she's like, I don't want to. D- she hands she hands him a piece of paper and he says, read it. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to do this. And he p- pokes her in the stomach. But it's almost a little bit affectionate, affectionately. Like, mm-hmm. again, it's still threatening. But it, I feel different. Not that I think that he's any less of a piece of shit. But I think that, again, she's endeared herself. Because he's he, that guy's a bully and will forever be a bully. And his right. behavior is completely unacceptable. But there's a little bit of nuance into the way he's physical with her yeah, th- yeah. that it wasn't before. So it's like, it's interesting to think of. I mean, he doesn't care about her. But he cares about her. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, at this point, she's looking at this card. She's like trying to read it. Like one, get in, gain entry to the house. Two, or one, go to the house. Two, gain entry to the house. Like a, clearly a plan is going on, but we don't know what it is. And they're going through it. And she's in the bath. And she's trying she's to remember crying, the steps. Yeah. And she's like, I, I don't want to do this. And then in the next scene, she's throwing up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we see he has a gun. And she's right. throwing up because she's nervous. And he's like, cut it out, whatever. What are we doing? And then... So we know something's going on. We know something's going but on. But then all of a sudden, yeah, we're in a backyard pond. Right. And these two young girls are splashing. And at this point, you're like, what the, what fuck, the fuck is, is going on? Movie? Also, by the way, Shades of Godard saying all you need to make a movie is a, a girl and a, a gun. A girl and a gun, yeah. yeah. Um, fuck Godard. Fuck Godard. And Just kidding. Great filmmaker, but a, like a terrible human being. <laughs> well, I don't He's know. okay. He's a, <laughs> he had some decent ideas. Is he a terrible human being? Well, he's been, yeah, I think kind of like he's notoriously like mean to Agnes Varda. Yeah, did you see that faces? Place? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think hey, we haven't said it yet. Rip Agnes Varda. Rip, yeah, rest in peace. One of the greatest of all time. We tweeted about it though. Yeah, but she's a goat. She is. She is. Yeah, yeah she's question. amazing. I she's love amazing. her so much. Um, and then we cut to these women swimming. Yeah, and we find out quickly that this is Anderson, Mister Mr. Anderson, who's the bank manager. It's the bank manager. And they walk in with a gun. They walk in with a gun, and this is also really an interesting moment because Dennis totally fucks it up. Right. Um, and Wanda saves him, right? Like the gun drops, she grabs the gun, and she kind of like reasserts authority or kind right. of in the scene. So she helps him. Um, 
Yeah, and, she's like, get over there. Yeah. And the wife is there. The wife is there. And they tie up the family, and Dennis puts the bomb Which in front so of them. Which is so clearly a fake bomb. <laughs> Yeah. It's such a fake well, bomb. It, it says Acme it on it. It basically should say like by Dennis, but yeah. like the Y is facing the wrong way and the D is like backwards. Like it's so fake. I mean, yeah. I'm, let me, He's let like, me I, be clear. I if ordered this from the Acme Corporation. If someone came into my house with a gun and, a, and, a and they were like, I'm putting a bomb on your lap, I probably wouldn't be like, this is fake motherfucker, yeah. but it's such a fake bomb. And he sets the time. It has like an alarm clock on it. <laughs> He sets the time for like an hour and he's like, I'll Hour be, 15. I'll be back in an hour and 15. And you're like, When this bomb doesn't go off, bomb cool, doesn't go off. Dennis. And uh, he brings the bank manager to the bank. Correct. And they're driving. So, Dennis, bank manager, one car, Wanda's tailing them in the other car. She gets pulled over. So, clearly, she's going to be like the getaway car or right, something. Right, she's the getaway yeah. car driver. Well, because he couldn't get that other guy to do it. Yeah. And she loses them. She loses track of them. And then she catches up with them again. Well, no, she pulls in. Yeah. Well, but no, then she, a cop pulls her she over. She does like an illegal U turn. Yeah. And oh the my cop gosh. pulls over. You can't Poor do Wanda. Especially when the fucking Popo around. You All right, be, calm be down. Careful. You gotta be careful. In these small towns in Pennsylvania. So Dennis is then... Um, Brings the guy into the yeah, bank. He's like, the guy right. informs the staff, like, listen, we have a holdup. Right. The, the the old cop gives them the gun. Everyone gets under their desks. There's a really hilarious yes, shot of, them under of their everyone desk. under their desks right. with their legs sticking out. And, like, it's really funny. The editing is great. It's in so it. Yeah, well, it's a cross-cutting. It's right. a really effective cross-cut. Cost cross cut between the bank and when wanda right and she's getting written up um for obviously <laughs> making an illegal u-turn we keep cutting mm. back to the bank she doesn't have her wallet as soon as they open the, the you're kind of like as soon as they open the vault yeah. uh a, another cut to an alarm going off and the yep. dispatcher uh basically calling it in and this is just clear how much of a noob this guy is oh, at robbing f- banks yeah. it's like a diy bank robbery totally. there's two of them they're not ready to do it totally um and then uh yeah, basically the cops show up, and he resists arrest and pulls his gun and starts shooting. And he gets killed. And he gets killed. Yeah. And she runs over to the bank and starts crying because she can't get in. Right at that point, the cops are very like suspicious. Off the I would scene. be like, "Why is this woman yeah, crying like, in front of us? Where yeah. are you an accomplice?" Yeah. And that, that's where the cover art for the film comes from. And it's a really evocative yeah. shot because you see a woman crying and you see the the, the badge on the cop's mm-hmm. shoulder. Which I didn't realize until I looked hard at it. I was like, oh shit. That's where it comes, yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden we're in a bar. We're in a bar. She's watching, watching the, news. the news coverage of Dennis's death. Right. He dies in the hospital. There's the would, d- would the news really feature the shot of a body on the ground? Oh, maybe nineteen seventy. Maybe, yeah. I think yeah. it was a different, different less times. sanitized kind yeah. of news. Different times. Um as 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 our buddy InfoWars host <laughs> name, I don't remember. Let's not name that, that piece of shit. Uh, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, um, she has a couple drinks with this guy, a, a soldier, a soldier. Yeah. Cause he's wearing some sort of kind of uniform and clearly she's Americana. Like, he's got a Corvette. Oh, you a know, soldier. uh, commentary on Vietnam perhaps. And not really, and then <laughs> not really. And then, um, well, she's clearly also si- depressed, depressed. Yeah. And saddened obviously by the news. Cares about his dead. Yeah. And then we cut to them driving in this, uh, like really beautiful red, red car. Yeah. And again, like in another quarry. They pull over. He makes a move. He kind of pins her down. Yeah, yeah. It, the way this is shot too is like amazing. At first, also you see you you think like okay maybe she wants this, but clearly she does no, not. No, she fights him off, and it's a good she moment of agency off. in yeah. the movie because she hasn't had a lot of agency. Without quite, and the way it's it's shot is amazing because yes, so the the camera's kind of like from the uh, his back, yeah, so we don't and s- sort of slight tilt down. Yeah, he pins her down, and. Yeah, and then after it a, couple of, cut. a couple of seconds, doesn't cut. She kind of like fights, uh, fights him off. Yeah, but it's like amazing because she kind of like just arises from beneath him. Yeah, um, and like almost like jumps at the camera and gets out of the car. Yeah, she runs out of the car, runs into the woods. Yeah. Clearly, that's kind of like moment of to some degree some freedom, even though it's it's awful. It's but awful. She's, she's escaped this guy she's, and he doesn't chase her. Yeah, thankfully. as far as we know. Um, and she falls. She hurts herself a little bit. And then we cut to like a uh, this really like weird kind of final scene mm-hmm. where we don't know where she is. Right. Uh, she's wandering outside of his house, and she just kind of like parks herself outside of this house, and she's like smoking, I think. And there's a woman, or maybe she's not smoking, but there's a woman who sees her, walks like past her, sees her, walks into the house, um, comes back out, sees her. Yeah, the woman uh, like opens up, like peeks outside from the window atop, sees the one yep. that's still there, comes back out, opens up a cigarette. And says, like, oh, like, engages with her and says, kind of like, hey, what are you doing? 
um, like, who are you? But not like in any sort of like mean, judgmental no, way. No, it's actually the first time she gets taken in by a woman as opposed to a man. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's clearly what you're supposed to um, take from the scene. Clearly. Kind of, it's kind of like female solidarity. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the bar from Husbands. <laughs> and <laughs> Wanda and this woman are there. And there's these dudes drinking. There's these dudes drinking. Did this movie make you want a beer? It made me want a beer. It made me want wine. It made me want, want solid food because I was still... Oh, <laughs> you're still on your juice I was cleanse. still about 12 hours away from being able to eat solid food. Have you eaten food. a meal yet today? Yeah. What'd you eat? Oh, my God. Um, Something from Dizzy's. Ooh. Tio's Eggs. What is that? This podcast brought to you by Dizzy's, Dizzy's a finer diner. Was it good? It was fucking amazing. It was the first like kind of real solid food I've had eggs? in 72 hours. Yep, eggs and focaccia. Ooh. Your blood sugar is going to go crazy. It was glorious. Glorious. So then just, they, they're just, in a bar I'm just, I'm just and she's just sitting there depressed <laughs> and she's smoking a cigarette. And like eating like a hot and dog. Oh, this woman is like animated. She's talking yeah. to these guys. She eats a hot dog. It's so sad. Hot dogs are gross. There's some um really like great like Harlan County USA-esque music playing music a live on. band there what year did harlan county come out yeah i wanted to actually look it might that be up. An interesting I, I think a couple of years after yeah this, i think that's true but clearly also i was thinking a lot about that film yeah sure while watching this and then the final shot is a little bit of a 400 blows made me think about that just the freeze oh, frame yeah. i don't think it's intentional and yeah. i don't i don't seek to compare barbara loden to francois Truffaut. Mm. that's boring but uh it is interesting that there is a freeze frame on on wanda's face as she smokes a cigarette yeah and that's where the film ends harlan county 1976 okay uh, yeah. so interesting and obviously same uh, uh geography right same, appalachia yeah, exactly and the film ends and it ends on this final shot of like wanda looking like just depressed. What do you think we're supposed to up. feel at the end of this film? I think you're supposed to feel a lot of things. I think you're supposed to feel, well, like I, I wrote in my notes, and I really believe this. Like, she's been beaten up. She's been betrayed. She right. still doesn't know what she wants out of life. Um, she's depressed, but also she's still alive. And right. There's, like, there's a bit of I think triumph in that, like that it freezes on her like and face in that kind of you way. You know, presumably she's like not gonna fall in with with a lunatic again because well, it's she's funny. been through it it's funny because i don't agree with that but it's funny to think like to what degree like i thought the final scene was going to be like her going back home at least for her sister mm. and it was almost and obviously this doesn't happen so maybe even making a comparison isn't fair but reminiscent of the final scene in faces where the question is asked of like is this something that's cyclical has this happened before obviously in a lesser sort of way Obviously, I'm not saying she's always hooking up with bank robbers and almost getting I into mean, crimes. Happens to the best of us. But I think, like, for the idea that she was in this kind of obvious, most likely terrible marriage. Right. And, and then she hooks up with this random guy at the first bar. Yeah. And then she hooks up with this terrible piece of shit, Dennis. That to some degree, there's an implication that I read it as, like, this this wandering will continue. Even though she'll... She'll live on. She'll still exist. Well, but, but maybe also the the kind of um, fighting off the, so, the soldier. I will say it doesn't have a hopeful ending. It doesn't have a hopeful ending. But the fighting off of the soldier is, is a good sign. Is a big deal. Well, yeah. it's just that it's it just shows a, a sense of agency that maybe she didn't feel she had. Correct. In the film. Well, yeah, but I, again, I, I I read her abandoning uh, her husband and her kids as that kind of agency. That's true. That's a very good yeah. point. But then you know maybe that makes it a more realistic movie because a traditional movie arc is like someone learns a lesson. Oh and yeah, then they of course. Change. Yeah. Whereas, like you know, maybe there's a more cyclical quality to what this film has to say, which in a way is more realistic because yeah. people don't change that much that quickly. That's one of the great myths of filmmaking: yeah. is that people change that quickly. In yeah. my opinion, no, totally. Um, let's real quick talk about the uh, so the Criterion Channel has a bonus feature, which is uh, they have so many good bonus, bon- great bonus oh, no. features, great, great app, really Why love it. Um, let's talk a little bit about this Dick Cavett yeah, interview, which so, is so awkward. So awkward. I think part of the reason it feels awkward is because at the very beginning, Dick Cavett comes on strong, trying to I think be a, an ally. Yeah, if, if that's the thing. I think Dick Cavett was a pretty open-minded guy. Yeah, but he's no, like, making I think films so. is hard. It's especially hard if you're a woman. Yeah. And our our next guest, Barbara Loden, yeah. made this film. Wanda. Here she is. She's very attractive. Yeah. And you're like, really? <laughs> like that's where you go. I mean, yeah. of course, and it's the time, and it is what it is. Yeah. But um. The, to say like here's the very attractive Barbara yeah. Loden and like, well, what's really interesting that one of the first yeah he one of the first questions he asked is like how difficult it is as a woman to make a film and to she be a says, woman. For, she's like she's like it's just difficult to make films in yeah. general, which I read also is kind of I mean maybe that's not totally fair like to Loden but. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I think she's just kind of like rejecting that uh, classification, just being like, right. listen, like I'm I'm a filmmaker, perhaps I'm not like 
I don't want to be known as like a female filmmaker. Yeah, and that um, again, it's that's a little bit. I mean, she's very different than her character in the film, which totally. is obvious and not to imply yeah. that like she was playing like that. You know, I don't know if necessarily you'd say that like, wow, John Cassavetes was so different in Husbands yeah. than he was in real life. But there's a what's interesting, I think, always is the stark contrast between actors and the characters they play and like yeah. she comes off as very on point very confident she knows what she's doing totally and she's also not going to put up with bullshit and yeah. i actually think cavett as wonderful as he is the guy doesn't relate to her in quite the same way that the other guest who's a screenwriter relates to yeah her. yeah well he has interesting things to say who, who, who the screenwriter for what did you know that guy i was? actually should have looked it up yeah. i didn't get a chance to i wish you know one small thing it might be interesting if with the criterion collection stuff if they provide context for yeah. who people are because the the clip kind of begins in media media res, so it's like and the guy to, next to him I think it was Howard Cosell. I was like, holy shit, is that Howard yeah, Cosell? Howard Cosell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's amazing. in uh, Ali, that great Michael Mann film. Yeah. So, um, shit, what I wanted to say about oh well, yeah, it's just an awkward she, interview. It's mildly she's reject, she's combative. Re she's rejecting labels. So at some point he says like, so you grew up poor? And she's like, I wasn't poor. No, she and he says, did you grow up in the Appalachia yeah. or whatever? And she's like, no, I grew up in North Carolina. Yeah, like. Yeah, she's kind of like, I didn't want to make this film about, I don't know. She, yeah, I think that Dick Cavett is trying to give her easy, it's like, well, not softball questions, yeah. but like. Sympathetic questions. Sympathetic, and I don't think she really has the energy for it. Yeah, but I also, I mean, maybe the class thing also, I, and again, I don't know, I didn't know a lot about, obviously, Loden as a person. Um, but I also read it as like this defensiveness of like, because she says like, oh, like the people back home would want to be described as poor, which is totally understandable. Right. Um, she also talks a little bit about her filmmaking method, which she I think does? is interesting. Yeah. In that she's like, you know, we made a sign. We went to these like small towns and we made a sign that's like, if you want to be in a movie, come to like the library on Saturday a local morning. Radio. Local radio. Local yeah. radio station. And she was like, you know, all these kids came. It's like, we didn't need the kids, but we got the parents to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's just so like, she had a crew of three people. It's she obviously says. a small thing. She, the film was made for $100,000. And they're like, they're both like that's a lot of money and she's like right but i paid people and it's like yeah, with yeah all yeah. the conversation around this stuff going on now and all of it is really justified this is a great interview because in 1970 yeah. there was this woman who was like i'm gonna make a really yeah great piece of film with three people yeah. but everyone's gonna get, get paid, paid yeah. i'm gonna spend all my money on getting people yeah. paid by the way uh liam the uh, check you wrote me for uh, all the podcasting i've been doing it, it bounced oh. so can we just talk about that yeah let's talk about just it off, off air the, uh, off. no we'll yeah, get it yeah, off yeah. air it's oh, fine oh i made more, more check bounce too uh, keith get out of here <laughs> hello oh no everyone's here <laughs> it's marty um but yeah i just think it's interesting and i just think that like i don't really know that that dick cavett and her really ever get comfortable and with also, one another well also he was clearly bullshitting her when he said he, she plays the clip and he's like oh that was you was he being honest oh i don't know that bothered me that a bothered me bit. i was like i was like wait is he because he, he she plays a clip she's obviously in the clip yeah, she's in like 99 so percent of the her, film yeah and he's like oh was that you well and, he and also says in the interview so tell me about what wanda's about like he hasn't seen it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's clear which because is frustrating he says I like mean, because he says, like, oh, it's about a, a woman who's a bank robber. And, he, and she's, she's like, like, no, it's about a woman that falls in with yeah. a bank robber. I also think that, like, you know, probably very rarely does the host of a show that, that airs four nights a week get a chance to consume all of the things Correct. that their that their people have, the people that they have on have made. But he doesn't even seem to be trying a little bit. He doesn't, yeah. yeah. And then after they watch the clip, he says, so you're married to Eli Elia Kazan, right? And she's like, yeah. yeah. Did and he's he, like, did he help you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, she's what like, was yeah, that like? But it's like, I don't know. It's it's just maybe, maybe, maybe again, this is a good example of looking at it through a present lens. There's some great essays uh, on uh, the Criterion website about uh, from a whole bunch of different kind of uh, academics and thinkers and artists about this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. But somebody r writes basically like somebody writes something interesting about like Kazan because at some point like Kazan says something really shitty about like, oh, yeah, I kind of let her make that film. Um, and it was kind of like her thing to do. It was almost like as if he was kind of like throwing her a bone, which is totally shitty. Yeah. Uh, of course. And um, how many Elia Kazan movies are in the Criterion collection? I don't know. Probably one or two. Maybe Streetcar. I don't know. We uh, should look it up. Waterfront. Oh yeah. Yeah. It could have been um, somebody, George. Could have been, could have been somebody. Well, you are. I mean, you're, you have a podcast. That's true. I have a hit podcast <laughs> with but, uh, dozens of downloads. But somebody, somebody uh, on that. And I, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on on her name, but it was like, oh, th that. 
she basically read like Dennis's characters, like the no slacks kind of like statement. That's kind of like Kazan. We should, kind of if you can find it, let's include a link to that essay. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, yeah. We'll, we'll do it. Notes. Get on it, Fragopolis. I'm on it, sir. Yeah, but overall, it just feels. It does feel a little reductive of an interview, but I think that it's also just interesting to Barbara Loden has no fucks to give, and I think yeah. that's great. And it's also, you know. I, it's sad that she didn't make. I'm a moment of pause. Yeah, she died of breast cancer. She died of breast. Really at 48. Very young. Super fucking young. And she was working on a few other projects. Yeah, I started. I started watching only about 15 minutes in. The Criterion also has a documentary about her. I think it's called I Am Wanda. Yeah, yeah. How is it? Um, it was. I mean, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I only like got into like 15 minutes. But it was. It was. They. They filmed her. They talked to her three months before she died. So three months. Yeah. So clearly, she knew that she was dying, uh, and that. It, yeah, it was kind of this uh, her her opportunity to kind of like sum up her like body of work and her life. But I also want to go. I want to track down those. Um, she made two short films. Yeah, should be interesting. Also, I to hope kind of that see. those end up on the Criterion channel. Yeah. But really, Wanda is like a you know that's it's been and then people have been talking about it a lot the past few months because it got this restoration and it is absolutely worth a watch. I think it's a great yeah, movie. It's a great movie. It's a really really great yeah. movie. Um, well, let's wrap it up here. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks from now, we will be getting our. Philip Seymour, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And our first episode is on... The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski. We have some interesting things to say about the Big Lebowski. Can I just say one more thing about Wanda? Yeah. I, the, the chair's gonna, not, George, the chair's not creaking. George is trying out. to make the chair creak. This is fucking ridiculous. I'm yeah, Liam I, I, Billingham. I got some good creaking in there. I'm George Creaky. Fragopolis. George Creaky. Yeah, you should hear what happens when, he's, when, he's, when he stands up. I'm Liam Billingham. I'm George Fragopolis. And this was... Hoover Busters. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, Reagan. Like, yeah, like Reagan Wall's was like, "You need to hydrate." That was a terrible Ronald Reagan. You need <laughs> <laughs> Liam Billingham's famous Reagan impersonation. You need to hydrate. <laughs>